0: Many of you just got back from camp with us. Okay, that was awesome, right? We all enjoyed camp, I think. Um But the worst part about camp is what? What's the worst part about camp? It ends. Okay. The what? The lotus? You mean the locusts? Locust is the word you were looking for. Lotus is something different, I think. I There's think a flower. Um but uh, the locusts, yeah, the bugs are bad this year. But, but yeah, the worst part about camp is, is when it ends and you come back to the real world, right? And, and I know that I spoke to many of you and you were somewhere between uh, skeptical, borderline dreading it. Some of you were already actively angry about the inevitable kind of come down after camp. Like you're on this spiritual high and you're, you're in such a great place Friday when we leave camp and then the world comes back and, you, you know, you, you all of a sudden you're back on Facebook and Twitter. Most of you guys don't Facebook anymore. But, you know, you're seeing the, the social media drama stuff go on and, and all of a sudden that comes back and, and there's, that, uh, there's that fall down after it. How many of you guys have already started to experience it? Like you've already noticed it. I'll admit Already, like, Friday afternoon or Saturday, I started feeling like, I started wondering, like, man, can we keep it going? Like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, I, I started getting discouraged. And I told you I've been fighting that a little bit lately, um, or a lot lately. And, uh, and, and, and so I've already had those thoughts. I'm right there with you. Um, but that's okay, because the Bible tells us a good thing we can, we can say. Because, you see, those thoughts are not the thoughts that God has for us. After, after, after an, a, a, an event like this, you read through the Bible, and every time somebody came off a spiritual high or a spiritual mountaintop, uh, they, that, that discouragement starts to come. That's very natural, and if you guys are beginning to feel that or you're worried you're going to feel that, that's what tonight's message is about. So every time that happens in the Bible, God is always encouraging. God does not want to discourage. And uh, in, in the New Testament, in Matthew, don't go to the Scripture quite yet, Wes, but um, whenever Jesus was talking to disciples about he was, he was getting ready to get crucified, it was kind of towards the end of Matthew, and some of you will know this, he starts talking to them about it, and then Peter says, Lord, I'll never let you die. I'll never let them crucify you. Anybody know what Jesus said? Yeah, okay, now you can put it up. He says, get behind me, Satan. He called Peter Satan, which is a pretty good insult. Uh, Do I not have this one up there, Wes? Oh, okay, then don't put it up. That's fine, too. I thought I had this one. That's okay. I've got all the other ones, so that's good. Uh, Yeah, he said, get behind me, Satan, okay? And today, you wouldn't say that. Like, if you're mad at somebody, you wouldn't go, get thee behind me. What would you probably say? Think about that dude in your class who always has the answer and everybody hates him. What do you want to say to that kid? Shut up. Right? Or sit down and shut up, right? So feel free to tell the devil to sit down and shut up whenever those thoughts come into mind, you know, that's, that's totally fine and I would encourage you guys to do that, to, to tell the devil that because those thoughts of discouragement, especially before you've had any good reason to get discouraged, are just that. They're the devil trying to mess with us, trying to make sure that what happened at camp doesn't stick. So, so feel free to tell the guy, tell the, tell the devil to tell the, the, the attack to sit down and shut up because... In, in Jesus, we have authority. There are way more cords over here than no, there used to be. That's going to bother me. Um, we, have to, we have the authority to do that. Now, we all love the camp service feeling. Like you come off a of camp, and those services are just awesome, right? We all love the services. You know, everybody's crying, it's not bubbles and all that kind of stuff at the altar. Good stuff, really good stuff. And I know I heard from a lot of you, talked to a lot of you about what the Lord was teaching you, getting great stuff. I got a bunch of great stuff as well. But then, I, so I started thinking... How can we replicate that like in our lives? Like what would it take for us to replicate that feeling that not not even that emotion necessarily, but the presence of God that strong in our lives outside of camp, outside of Roaring Springs. Back when we have Internet access, you actually get some phone reception except for on top of the hill. And, you know, when we're back in the real world, how can we replicate that? Well, I came up with there are three parts of the camp service that we can do every day in our lives that will help this happen. And they're very simple. If you've been in church more than like two minutes at a time, you will, none of this will be new to you. But this is a reminder and kind of a procedure. Three super simple steps to replicate the camp service. What do we start a camp service off with? Praise and worship, right? The music cranks up. Todd turns it up to 11. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's awesome, right? Well, we don't all have the worship band in our house. That would be cool, but we do not have that option to get up and jump with 250 other students every day to, uh, you know, deep cries out. But that's not what worship is. Worship is not music. Worship can be, Music is a, is a form of worship, but worship is simply expressing to God what we feel towards him. Okay, worship is our reaction to what God is doing in our lives. So you can do that every day. You have the opportunity every day to react to that. It may not be a physical thing. You may not be up jumping around. You may not be all that kind of stuff. But but you know, we have the opportunity every day to worship God and simply to communicate with him and tell him what's going on. To tell him the things that are happening in our lives, you know. And and if it's, you know, many people do worship through music. I will sit in my office and play guitar and praise and worship or just put on a CD while I'm driving and and all those things are praise and worship. But but we have to do that. We have to praise the Lord. We have to tell him what we think of him and how and how much we appreciate him. That's part of the, of the relationship, okay? My favorite, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, and I don't have a tattoo, but if I ever got a tattoo, this is one of the options for what it would be, is Psalm 150, verse 6, okay? And it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What? No, Wes has a tattoo. I don't have a tattoo. Wes has Jeremiah, uh, Philippians 4.13 on one of his arms. But I do not have a tattoo. Um, But if I did, this is one of the options. And it's Psalm 150, verse 6. It says, let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. How many of you guys have breath? How many of you guys are breathing? All right, all hands should be up. Good. So all of us should be praising the Lord. We should all take time to praise the Lord. Again, it may not be necessarily musically. It may not be in a group. Sometimes it's just... You know, honestly, I get a lot of praying done in the shower. Like, I'll do a lot of thinking and praying in the shower. That's when I do a lot of my praising. That's okay. You know, um, that's when a lot of deep thinking happens. How many of you guys do deep thinking in the shower, right? You get like you answer life problems, like, in, in the shower, right? I do that, and I come up with my to-do list, and then I forget it because I didn't have a place to write it down. If somebody invented a waterproof notepad, I'd buy it tomorrow and, and keep it in there because I'm bad about that. But that's a really uh, rabbit trail that I wasn't planning on taking. Do what? Life-proof case, yeah. So so we have to praise. We have to talk to God and tell him how we feel about him. What's the next part of the service every week? Or every week, every, at, at camp. After after praise and worship is over, what happens next? The sermon, right. And what book does the preacher usually preach out of? Okay, a little more big picture. The Bible, there we go. Okay, yeah, I didn't mean, didn't mean which book in the Bible, but that's a, <laughs> that, Acts is a good Acts is always a good win at camp, because you know they're doing an Acts chapter two Holy Spirit message. And in fact, I don't know if anybody besides Audrey noticed this, but on the last night, Audrey leaned over to me and showed me her Bible. She had marked in her book in her Bible from last year that Chet on the last night had spoken the exact same passage, like Gideon, you know, back in judges and stuff. Um, so, yeah, there are some somewhat predictable portions of the Bible. But the point being, next is the Word. Okay, we get to spend some time in the Word of God. And again, I can't preach to you every day. Okay, like that's not an option, particularly. You're welcome to go back and listen to the sermons on podcast. But even I don't want to listen to my sermons every day. Like, I'm not that good a preacher yet. I'm working on it, but I'm not there. And it doesn't even mean you have to listen to sermons. In fact, while I do, and I encourage you to listen to other sermons, it's about just reading the word and getting into scripture. That is how God communicates with us. You know, the, um, it's God's letter to us. So when we want to know about things, that's where our first place should go. When we're struggling with things, the, the word, the scripture is, is that's what that's there for. You know, uh, we're doing the eat this book reading plan. I mentioned earlier, I'm not sure if any of you are actually doing it. Um, I know a few of you are getting a text from me every, every day or most days, but, uh, I don't know how many are doing it, but but I want to encourage you, if you don't have like a specific reading plan, hop in with us. The point of the Eat This Book thing is not to make you feel bad because you haven't been doing it, because that's totally not the point. Uh, it's simply to give you something to read. If you don't know what else to read, follow along with our Eat This Book plan. If you want me to text it to you, let me know. I try not to send it out too early in the morning, usually after 9 o'clock. So for some of you, that's still super early, but I get up at quarter to 8 every morning, So uh, if not earlier. So... Yeah, I'm getting to this weird point where I never sleep to my alarm, and it's making me angry. Like, I haven't slept to my alarm in weeks, and it's super frustrating. I know. And it's only started happening, like, the last couple months, and it really frustrates me because I used to love sleeping to the alarm, and it used to be even if I woke up, like, three minutes before the alarm, I could go back to sleep for those three minutes. Now it doesn't work like that. Like, this morning I woke up 25 minutes before my alarm, and I didn't go to bed till 1230. But anyways, super frustrated. Getting old is, is a pain, but... um. Do what? Oh, nah. I said, <laughs> I said, I have it like a like an actual alarm clock that with a buzzer thing, and it's across the room, so I have to stand up. But lately, I don't even hear it because I wake up before it. Anyways, the whole point was—I don't know how I got to alarm clocks from reading the word—but uh, do what? I don't know how I got there. That was strange. But so, oh yeah, yeah, I know how I did. It. Anyways, so. Eat This Book, the the reading thing is not to challenge you or even to make you feel bad or anything like that. It's because I want you to have something to read. If you don't know what to read, join with us. If you don't want to jump in on Eat This Book and you want to do something else and you need some help finding out what that is, talk to me. I'll give you some stuff. I know if you start, if you haven't read much, starting in the Gospels and reading through Acts is a great way to start. Start in Matthew, read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It's a great way to start if you're not really used to reading every day. Um, but we have to be in the word. We, again, it's not always going to be sermons. At, at, at church camp, there's, there's a speaker, and they're always qualified, and they're they're preaching great words, but we don't always have that option, right? I mean, if you want to listen to sermons, I'll tell you some great podcasts to listen to because I listen to about four every week, not including the one here and the one I preach. But, but we have to, even on top of that, if I just listen to those guys and I never read the word for myself, then I'm not really quite getting fed. It's kind of like... It's kind of like this. How many of you guys like to eat? All of you like to eat. I know you. I've seen all of you eat. Uh, most of you. You all like to eat. Now, do you want to watch somebody else eat or you want to eat? You want to eat, right? Okay, well, that's a different thing. I'm not talking about competitive eating on ESPN 8 ocho uh, show. No, like... Like we have to get fed for ourselves. Watching somebody feed a baby doesn't give us that much nourishment, and so listening to those podcasts is great, and I get great stuff from them but But we have to you know but I have to be in the word myself and have to be in it for my own for my own self to get what I what God is trying to speak to me because if I only get what God is speaking to that preacher then I'm missing whatever he wants for me so we've got to get in the word every day like I said if if you need help if you need reminder if you don't know what to read let me know but we've got to be in the word every day second Timothy 3 says that all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness here's the second part that doesn't get quoted but I think is even more important so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We all want to be good, right? We all have these things. We go to camp. We confess our sins and all this kind of stuff. We want to do what's right. The Word is for that. The Word is so that we can be equipped to be good, to do the good things. Christianity is not a do-good contest, and you guys know that, I think. But, but the good works will come out of our faith, and that is fueled by the Word. We have to get into the Word I don't know about you guys, but I found for me, you know, I've talked plenty about how lukewarm I was in high school and how I wasn't reading. I wasn't praying. I was, I was doing the worship part. I was good at that because I was playing in the worship band three times a week. But, but I was really terrible at reading and praying. I wasn't good at it. I didn't do it often enough. Um, but I found when I finally did like intentionally take time to read every day, I found myself more and more curious about it. Like I'd, I'd read a section and I'd be like, okay, that's a weird word. I don't totally. I, I might go look it up, or, or you know, I would read something and be like, okay, that sounds weird. I bet that, I bet that makes more sense in context. you you got to read a little more. Or if you read those footnotes, if you're reading the New Testament, they're always quoting the Old Testament, so you can go back and look and see which prophet uh, did that. Like in Acts chapter two, there's a there's a scripture about um, where it thinks uh, when Peter's preaching, he he quotes the prophet Joel, where he says. Uh, I'm going to screw this up, but it's something like uh, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, your young women will prophesy, something like that. He's quoting the Old Testament. So you get to go back and kind of see what was going on when the original prophecy was given. And the more you read, the more curious about it you will become, the more you will want to learn about it. Okay, that has been my experience that the more you get into the word, the more you keep that relationship with God open, the more you keep that communication going, the more and more you want to, the more you, you want to, to do that. So, so those are the first two parts of the service at camp. What's the third part of the service? The altar call. OK, well, you know, and again, we don't have an altar every day. You know, we don't even really have a true altar here because we don't have a stage. But but the altar call is not about the place. It's not even about crying or, or whatever else there. The altar is where we respond to what the Lord wants to do in us. The whole point of the altar it's not to cry, it's not even really to pray. The whole point of the altar is to listen to what God wants to do in us and to respond to it. Sometimes that means we have to confess something, we have to talk to somebody. Sometimes that means we have to uh, get, just get on our face and listen to what God wants to do. But no matter what it may be, no matter what it is, we have to respond. And so that is our prayer time. You know, we had worship we had, we had uh, the Word, and now we've got response. We have to pray. We have to say, okay, God, I've read this Word or I've heard this Word. What are you trying to tell me, and what does that mean for me? Okay, on our Wednesday night services, my closing prayer is kind of our response time. I don't often do an old-school altar call like at camp, but, you know, it's a time for us to reflect on what it is the Lord wants to do to us, do with us, and do in us, and how we can respond to the Word that was given that night. Right. So we have to have worship and praise. We have to have the word and we have to have response every day. And if we do those three things, our walk will stay strong. If we do those three things, we will be able to stay in relationship with him. And we won't have to only feel the Holy Spirit when we're at camp. And I encourage you guys in your prayer time, use your prayer language. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, don't just use that at camp. Believe it or not, it works here, too. It doesn't just work up in the tabernacle at Roaring Springs. I promise you. Use it here. Use it when you're by yourself. You're like, that's weird. That's okay. Then nobody can really hear you. And it's super fine. So it's it, it all it's all good. It all works. And and the, the prayer language is not about, about you know other people hearing it and copying it. It's about you and the Lord having a communication that nobody else can get. You know, the Lord wants to talk to us in our response time. And John 10 jesus said my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me so response is where we hear the voice of god and we follow it we find out what he's trying to say to us and we follow the word we follow what he's trying to tell us it's also a time for us to kind of take stock of ourselves and see where we're doing spiritually okay the response time is a great opportunity for you just kind of do a self-evaluation each day what am i struggling with what do i need prayer for you know those kind of things. Watch out for the enemy's attack, you know, like what we were talking about. The enemy has already tried to put in many of us a doubt about what's going to happen after camp. Are we going to be able to keep it going? Once school starts, yada, yada, yada. But it's not, that's the enemy attacking. And so, you know, in our response time, we can kind of be aware of that. I know for me, my, one of my self-evaluation tools, one of the ways that I can always kind of tell um where i'm at spiritually and this has only happened since i got here and started being the youth pastor but i can always tell when i start borrowing more of my sermons than i am like getting them myself and letting the lord speak to me that's when i know okay i need to get better i need to get back in the word better like i need to be digging in more i need to spend more time and do that because i listen to three or four sermons every week and they're all awesome it's you know, if I'm getting enough for me to preach every week, which, you know, many times I am, then, then I'm not so tempted to just borrow their sermon notes. But if I'm borrowing sermons three and four weeks in a row, that's when I know, like, okay, I need to get back at this myself. I need, you know, I need to get back into it. So that is a, a, a self-evaluation time, you know. And like I said, the, the response time is also when we pray. That's our time for us to, prayer, to pray. And we, we need to pray. We have to communicate. Okay, I believe there's power in prayer both privately and corporately as a group. Okay, you know, you know when we're all down at the altar, there's, a, there's an encouragement that comes from seeing people around you also praying. We need personal private prayer time, absolutely, but there's an encouragement in corporate prayer as well. And, you know, in Acts chapter 2, again, I don't have this up there, but in Acts chapter 2, it talks about how after uh, Peter preached the first sermon, 3,000 were saved, then it says the church gathered together in prayer. Like they gathered together in prayer, but even before he preached, before the Holy Spirit came on them at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, they were gathered together in prayer. We have to pray both privately and together. One of the things that I want to start here, and I'm going to encourage you guys to be a part of, and obviously the next two Wednesdays, it won't be there because we won't be having regular youth service, but each Wednesday at 6 o'clock... I'm going to go upstairs, and we're going to pray in the upstairs little youth room. Most of you guys know where that is, okay? I'll go up there. I'll just put some some prayer music on, something chilling, something, you know, worshipful. And it's not a guilty thing. I don't want you to be guilted into it. But we have to pray together as a group. And, and so going up there and doing that will be an opportunity for us to, to gather together in prayer and pray for our youth group. You know, pray for the ones who aren't here. Pray for the ones we know we haven't seen in a couple of weeks. And, and those kind of things, corporate prayer is hugely important. So we're going to start doing that. I'm going to start offering you guys the opportunity uh, to do that in, in a more specific way where we can, we can pray as a group together. So those are the three things. We got worship, praise and worship. We got word. And we got response time. But, but even that, I was thinking about that. And I'm like, you know, those three things are awesome but there's more to camp than that, right? Like, there's, there's more to it than that. What is it about camp that allows those things to be so effective? Like, I can do those every day, but but it's not quite the same, right? Like, it's, it's just not. And, and so I started to figure out, trying to figure out what it is that makes those things so effective at camp. So I got two more things for you tonight. Again, if you're a note taker, there's going to be two more points. Because... That attack that we experience when we get back doesn't seem to be at camp. We don't see it near as much. And so what was it, what is it about camp that allows us to be so in tune with those other three things? The first thing is this, and I got this figured out. I figured this out while we were up there, and that is solitude and the lack of distractions. Okay, you know at camp, we talked about it. You don't get yourself, you have no cell. or you may have a little bit of cell phone reception. You certainly don't have any 3G or data connection. Right? Like I was talking about, I told some of you guys, I had my phone in my pocket Tuesday when I was playing disc golf, and uh, I was surprised because I went up on a hill to shoot the sixth hole, or to, to, yeah, to shoot the sixth hole, and my phone rang, and I was confused by it because already I had gotten used to not having reception. And so I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is the only spot on camp where I get, like, cell phone reception even a little bit. And uh, so solitude is the first one. You say, well, I can't drive up to Roaring Springs every day. You're darn right you can't, okay? None of us can do that, obviously. But we can find a place where there's no distractions, and Jesus gave us an example of this. What is one of the most famous things Jesus did of all of his miracles? What is probably the one, one of the top two or three that still gets talked about today? Walking on the water. Wow, that's exactly where I was going. Good job, Amanda. Yeah. Now, does anybody know where Jesus was before he walked on the water? On land. Thank you, Harley. Man, nothing gets by you. Yes, whoever said it over here, he was alone praying. And Matthew 14, 23 says, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And he, what he did was he sent the disciples on their way, and then he came out later because he needed some time alone to pray. Even Jesus needed private prayer time. So how much more are we going to need it? We're probably going to need it a lot. So get solitude. What does that mean? How can you get solitude? Find somewhere Quiet. Okay, that seems pretty obvious, but find somewhere quiet where you're not going to be disturbed, okay? You say, well, there's, there's nowhere in my house where I can go where I'm not going to be disturbed. You know, if you need to come up with a signal for your family, say, hey, when this hat is hanging on the door, I'm praying, y'all leave me the heck alone. Give me a half hour or give me 15 minutes or whatever it may be. Maybe it means if you drive and you're alone in your car, that's the only time alone you're going to get all day. Awesome. Use that as your solitude time. Don't turn the radio on. Don't need you no. Know, be doing other things. You shouldn't be texting and driving anyways, although I'm a terrible example of that. But... Uh, um, I know I am. I'm fully aware that I'm a bad example of that. uh, Yeah, so I'm working on it. But, you know, whatever it means, whatever your solitude is, wherever you can do that, get there. Turn off the distractions. Here's going to be something crazy. Turn off your cell phone, okay? For, like, 15 minutes, your friends will survive without receiving that text, and Twitter will still be there when you get back. I swear it will. I promise, okay? And I know that's hard to do or, you know, or leave the cell phone in another room. For me, Sometimes if I'm here at the office and I'm praying and I need that, I'll leave my phone in the office and I'll come in this building. And I'm not, I'm not real good at it yet. I'll admit I still have a tendency to leave it in my pocket. But whenever I think about it, I leave it in the office so I can come over here and I can do that without having it on me. You know, some some people music is a distraction. Like, for me, even if it's good music, even if it's worship music, sometimes I won't turn it on because I get too busy thinking about the music. And I get too busy thinking about, ooh, that's a cool riff. And, man, I wonder if I could figure out how to play that. And I get all distracted. I'm super ADD. So you know, for me, that can be a distraction. Maybe it's not for you, but, but that's, you know, all the distractions, anything that distracts you, put it away for 15 to 20 minutes a day. Get that solitude. For some of you, again, that means, you know, so I read my Bible on my cell phone. I'll get you a paper one if it means you can put your cell phone down. I'll get you a hard, you know, a, a Bible if you don't have one so that you can read without having this cell phone distraction because, you know, our parents didn't have to worry about the cell phone as a distraction. It wasn't a thing. I didn't even have to until I was, like, 17. I didn't have a cell phone until I was right before I turned 17. I got my first cell phone. And it was not a smartphone. It was an incredibly dumb phone. It made phone calls. It did not text. It did not do anything. It made phone calls. I didn't get texting until I was about halfway through college. So I, even I didn't have to deal with that like you guys do. Like, for me... It wasn't a big deal. I didn't have to really turn my cell phone off because the only time I used my cell phone was to call my parents to tell them what I was doing after school. Like, I didn't use it that much. We still had this crazy thing called a house phone that we used to call each other on, and uh, now I don't have one. I haven't had one since I graduated high school. But, you know, those things are newer that you guys are having to learn how to deal with way more than other generations, even mine, and I'm not that much older than you guys. I'm somewhere in between y'all's generation and your parents' generation, but... You know, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different thing that has to be dealt with today. So turn your phones off. Get, get solitude. Make it important that you have that time alone where you're not going to be distracted, you're not going to be disrupted, you know, unless the house is on fire. Then they can interrupt you. But, you know, kind of thing. And here's the second thing about camp that, that we struggle with here that can help set the atmosphere for those other three things to be, ex, to be successful. And that is the priority. Like, at camp, we play all kind of games, of course. You know, we play games all day. We do all that kind of stuff. Of course, our team this year dominated all the sports because that's what we do. We have all those traditions and, you know, the other brothers off the table, yada, yada, all those things that happen at camp. But all of those things lead to the altar service. Those of you who are going as rec staff for this next camp, you will hear Chris talk about the point of all the things the point of wreck the point of all that stuff is to set the table for the altar service if you ever notice that the people who like stand on the sideline during the games and are pouty and are pain in the butts they're the same people that do that during the altar service in most cases Right. They're the same people that are complaining all day are the same ones who are like, boy, God did nothing in my life at the end of the week. And it's like, well, duh, you didn't do anything. You know, all those things. The whole point of the games is to get people participating with one another so that come the night service, they're ready to participate. That's the whole point of that. Everything is geared toward the night service. The night service is the priority. It's the top priority at night. Camp, it really is. Again, I've spoken to Chris about this. I've heard him say it more than once. That 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 is the whole thing about camp. You know, we have our favorite meals. All right, somebody quick, what's your favorite meal this year? The grilled chicken sandwich was solid. The bow tie pasta was good. Those those were great. And I like the chicken fried steak. I mean those are the three best for sure. They were, you know. I could I can I can give or take the fried burritos, they're fine, whatever. And You know, and and but, but even that, even all the you know everything that happens at camp is geared towards the services. The priority at camp, above all else, is the service and the altar time. So. We have all kinds of things going on, and those are all awesome things. I know you guys all want to do well in school. Please do that. You've heard me talk about that. You've got jobs. You've heard me talk about being a good employee and representing Jesus well. You've got friends, and that's awesome. Jesus had friends, and you need good friends who are going to help lift you up, and you need friends that you're going to need to lift up. And those are all good things, and we need all those things. you got extracurriculars. I was a band nerd. It's part of what made me a good worship leader today. So I'm not knocking any of those things. They're all good, but we have to know that the most most important part of the day the part of the day where we're going to be the most impacted but what God wants to do is going to be in our prayer time and that has to be a priority when we get so busy and we get so time consumed with everything else that we start putting aside prayer then we're just having a good time, but we're not getting what God wants from us. If, if at camp we were worried more and more about the team games and who won those than we were about the, the night services, it would be way less good of a camp, okay? It would not be as good a camp. It would be fun maybe, but it would not be impactful and it would not have any real meaning to it. You could get that at a sports camp, okay? You could do that anyway. What makes that different is the priority of the evening service and of what God is going to do for you. In Matthew 6, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about worry. He's talking about these people are worried about what am I going to eat and what am I going to wear and all these things. And in Matthew six thirty three, again, a real famous verse, he says, yeah, don't worry about all those things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things will be given to you as well. So, yes, while school is important and while extracurriculars are important and while friends are important and and yada, 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 all those things are good. They are all good on their own. If we're not seeking God first, they're they're all not that important and they're all missing the point. If we seek God first, we'll have all that other stuff. You want to have a great job and a great career. You want to have a great relationship and eventually want to have a great marriage and family. You want to have financial stability when you get a job. You want to be able to provide for your family and all that kind of stuff. All those things... Our, our gifts but we have to seek the giver not the gifts like Joe said Thursday night at camp he said we have to seek the giver first and then the gifts will come How many of you ever get Christmas gifts from strangers Not very many okay maybe 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 that like weird aunt that you never see and like you like whatever she's kind of a stranger but you know I've got some of those you know but but like it would be weird if at Christmas I went up to somebody I don't know and went hey where's my gift Like, come on, what the heck, dude, where's my gift? Right? You wouldn't do that, and you wouldn't necessarily expect to give them one either. It's the same way. We say, God, I want these things. I want to have a great life. God, where's my, you know, for me, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, Lord, where's my wife? I'm ready to meet her. You know, I, I want to get married, and, and God, I, you know, and you guys are like, okay, God, I need to know what I'm going to do for college. Where should I go to college? And you're trying to figure out all these things, and you're seeking the gift without knowing the giver first. We have to know the giver before we can get the gifts and that's what it comes down to it's a priority thing you want that camp feeling you want the that altar experience when you're in tune with the holy spirit and your prayer language is is being used and god's giving you stuff that you never saw you know i mean i know taylor was telling us a little bit on sunday about some of the things the lord showed him thursday night and many of you guys got great words from the lord this year and, and that's awesome, but that can happen here, too. That's not only for Roaring Springs Tabernacle. You can get shown that stuff here in your room, in your car, you know, here at the church when we're in service, any of those times, as long as the priorities are there, and we have to make specific choices to allow those things to happen, and, and they seem like small choices. It's super easy to say, you know what, well, I'll read tomorrow. That's an easy choice to make. I get it. Okay, but... You know, then that happens more and more, and, and, and it becomes a habit. You may have heard this analogy. I may have used it here. If I'm trying to shoot a BB gun at Wes's head from here, and I move my arm just a little bit to the right, I'm only a few degrees off here, but I'm going to be three or four feet off back there by the time it gets back there. And it's the same thing. Those little bitty choices that don't seem like that big a deal are, are what really make and, and can break our walk. Okay, I've got an analogy for you. You may have noticed our fireworks are up here. This one over here, I don't know if you can see it. Uh, Taylor, will you grab that for me and bring it over here where I can put it. And Harley, will you grab the pizza there for me and and bring it over here. This bad boy here is called the Hellfire. This is the biggest thing we have as far as, like, you light it once and it goes off. It's just a few shots. This is one fuse, nine humongous shots. This is $130 for this bad boy, for this Hellfire right here, okay? hundred and thirty dollars and this here you just put that on the floor down there or something that's fine you don't have to sit there and hold it because this is actually way heavier than this i found out um so yeah just lean it up against the chair that's fine so the hellfire here you guys can sit down thank you i just need that yeah it's dusty it's gross um the hellfire here stop stop go away the hellfire nine shots 130 dollars 500 grams 500 grams of gunpowder, okay? It says it on the side there somewhere. 500 grams. So that's 500 grams. That's a lot. That's a pretty good chunk of firework, okay? For $130, it dang better be, right? This down here, I call it the pizza. What it actually is, it's firecrackers, and it's 16,000 firecrackers. If you don't know what firecrackers are, black cats, these are. this is a 100-pack here. You know, you've seen this before. Um, Oops, it's breaking. Uh, Okay. I was, don't worry, I'm buying this one. So um, so uh, these are firecrackers, or like I said, some, some people call them black cats. This is 16,000 of these. They're falling all over the place. Now, the hell's fire here, that's kind of like camp, right? In camp, you get four nights, man, and they're awesome, and they're incredible, and the Lord's messing with you, and boom, and all kind of good stuff. But we can't have this every day. We don't get the hell fire every day. We don't get camp every day either okay the way i don't know if you all know this the way firecrackers work you light one and it goes off which provides the spark for the next one which provides the spark for the next one etc 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 so it's a chain reaction now if i take this thing of fireworks this uh, this thing of firecrackers right here and i break a chunk of it off then i've broken the chain and that part won't get off like that part won't blow when i light the first one it won't go so this, if the hellfire is like camp, these firecrackers are our daily walk. Okay, every day, specific choices, little choices, and they seem small. They seem small. There's only, I think, 1.4 grams of gunpowder in each of these. But if you can do the math, imagine each one of those is a day. 1.4 times 365. Somebody quick, grab a, West, you gotta, somebody grab a calculator on your phone. 1.4 times 365. Somebody, somebody give me that number. I think it's going to be just, actually I know, I have a pretty good idea what it's going to be, but 511, thank you, 511 grams. So 365 days of this is the same power as four days of this. 500 grams here, 511 grams here of 365 of these. So what we have there, that same amount of power that we get at camp is available to us every day. We don't have to just wait till camp to experience the power. Because how do I light a, a hellfire? What do I do? Like, what What's the power that lights it? Fire. Fire, okay. The fire works, right. So fire lights it. What lights the black hats? Fire. The same power is at place in both. It's not like a kind of power it's not a different kind of of fuse or of 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 uh, of energy it's fire in either case So that same power is available to us both days. But again, we have to make sure that the string of firecrackers isn't getting broken all the time because every time it gets broken, we have to get it relit. Then we need a match again. Then we need a little spark. We need a little something extra. But if we keep at it every day, it will keep lighting itself. It will stay lit for as long as we have the things. And as many days as you have is however many firecrackers are on your string. However many days you're alive, that's how many firecrackers you have. It's gonna be more than 100. It's gonna be more than 16,000. Wait, probably not more than 16,000. I'm not good at math there. three hundred sixty. Anyways, maybe not more than 16,000, but you're going to have a lot of days in your, in your life. And those things, if you will allow the, the, daily, the daily fire to stay lit, you have the exact same powers you have at camp. And we always think of camp as this crazy big thing that, that is unique, and it is in some ways, but in some ways it's not. The power is the same. The source is the exact same, okay? It's the same thing with like our rallies. Like, you know, I, I push these sectional youth rallies three or four times a year, and and, and very few people go on a regular basis, and, and, and those are opportunities to relight your fuse, okay? That's what those are. I don't do those? Uh, we don't put those on. Me and Steve O and Blake don't organize those, so that you can feel bad about not going. It's because sometimes our fuse gets cut off, and and that happens. We all go through that. That's not, a, you know, a, an indictment or or a saying anybody does anything wrong. The best people in the Bible got their got their strings cut sometimes. You know, I mean, you've heard the. If you've been in church, you've heard the whole thing. You know, uh, David was a murderer and adulterer, and and Moses tried to sell his wife or not sell her, but you know disowned his wife and and all these kind of things every hero in the bible had major faults so nobody expects you to be perfect but sometimes we get those points where our fuse gets cut and our string gets broken rallies and camps and those kind of things that's a chance for it to get lit back up so that's why we do those kind of things but again all of this comes down to specific choices you want this power you want this power whatever the power Whatever the power you want, it's fine. It's fine. It didn't break. Whatever power you want, whatever you need in your life to keep that camp spirit, to keep that touch going is available to you based on the choices you make. Are you intentionally making time in your priorities for for the Lord to work in your life? Are you giving yourself a a place with no distractions for the Lord to work in you? Are you worshiping? Are you getting in the word? Are you allowing for a response time? If you do those things, let's go play some music, would you? If you do those things each day, the power will be there. Whenever you need it, whenever you need the power to tell a friend about Jesus, whenever you need the power to, to have a discussion that you don't want to have with somebody but you know needs to be had, anytime you need the power, it's there if you will stay plugged into the source, if you will keep your string intact. Tonight, I wanna, we're just going to say a prayer, and, and again, I want you to... To, to take this opportunity to respond, to allow the word to sink in and to ask the Lord what it is that he wants for you, how he wants you to, to, to treat this power. Maybe he's going to give you a specific idea for how to isolate yourself and how to get away from distractions. I don't know. We each have our own lives, and so what works for me may not work for you, but the Lord might give you that. He might put that in your mind even now. He might... He might give you, uh, you know, something that he wants you to do. He might give you a task that he knows you need to accomplish. So we're going to pray. We're, gonna, we're just going to kind of talk to the Lord here for a few minutes. I want you to allow the Lord to do what he wants to do tonight. God, I thank you for, for this time. Lord, I thank you for this word. Lord, that you have given me to share with these guys. I thank you for what you did in our lives last week, those of us who were at camp. I thank you for the changes that we have seen, that I have seen in me. Lord, I pray right now against the enemy and his attacks. God, even now, we, we bind him in the name of Jesus. Lord, you have defeated hell and the grave, and so those discouragements, those attacks on us, Lord, have no power on us. If we will stay plugged into the power source of you, if your power will be our power, then, then God, that 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 attack has no effectiveness on us. And so tonight I claim that even now over each and every student that when the devil tries to tell them that they're not doing good enough, when the devil tries to tell them that they'll never make it and they'll never keep it, when the devil tries to tell them that they should just give up and go back to what was before, that they don't have to listen to that. They they can tell the devil, get behind me, Satan. You sit down and shut up because you don't have any authority over me. Lord, I pray that as we go through our lives and we encounter choices, they may seem small, but Lord, that the Holy Spirit would guide us in making the right choices, that we would have strength and we would have uh, encouragement from those around us to make the right choices, that we would encourage one another to make right choices, that we would not be uh, easily swayed by, by those who don't believe in you, those who don't know you, God, that we would give most importance to the advice of, of believers, Lord that we would not be swayed by the world, but that we would uh, be drawn to you and that we would know that you have great plans for us and it's your plans that we should follow and we should listen to. I pray that we would be able to keep each other accountable in love and, and that you would give us the right words to say to one another and you would give us the right tone of voice to use when we're talking to each other so that we would not become a, a frustration to each other, we would not get in pointless arguments, Lord, but that, that everything that is said from one person to another in here would be out of love and would be out of, out of a desire to see our group grow closer to you. God, I pray for each student in here, Lord, whether or not they were at camp, and tonight was camp heavy, but but God, that you would strengthen us, that you would strengthen us, that you would pull us closer to you. Those of you who didn't go to camp, the power is available to you as well. The Holy Spirit wants to work in your heart. He does it. You don't have to go to camp to see the Holy Spirit. And if you say, I didn't go to camp that's okay. You can get the Holy Spirit right now you can get him you can get the Holy Spirit's influence on your life anytime any day if you'll just ask Jesus for it and, and allow it to come in and allow it to do what it wants to do. Allow the Holy Spirit to work as he wants to work. Heavenly Father, I just pray God that you would strengthen us first and foremost and lastly God that your strength would be just all over us that we would not be dragged down by those around us, Lord, strengthen relationships tonight, strengthen families, strengthen financial situations, Lord, strengthen job situation, God, strengthen those that are doing summer classes, Lord, whatever it is, the physical health that needs strengthening, Lord, you can provide it, and tonight, Lord, we claim that, Lord, we we know that you are good and you want what is best for us. And so tonight I lift every need to you because you're the only one who has the power to meet every need. God, tonight we thank you, we love you, and it is in your name we pray, amen.